Section thirty five of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Omondutri. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume six by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Barton. Section thirty five. When it was the six hundred and thirty-second night, she said, It had reached me, O auspicious king, that when Samson's tribesmen rushed upon Gharib as one man, he ran at them, crying, God is most great, help and victory for us, and shame and defeat for the miscreant. Now, when the infidels heard the name of the all-powerful king, the one, the all-conquering, whom the sight comprehended not, but he comprehended the sight. They looked at one another and said, What is this saying that maketh our side muscles tremble, and weakens our resolution, and causeth the life to fail in us? Never in our lives hard we ought goodlier than this saying, adding, Let us leave fighting, that we may ask its meaning. So they held their hands from the battle, and dismounted, and the elders assembled and held counsel together, seeking to go to Garib and say, Let ten of us repair to him. So they chose out ten of their best, who set out for Garib's tents. Now he and his people had alighted and returned to their camp, marvelling at the withdrawal of the infidels from the fight. But presently, lo and behold, the ten came up and seeking speech of Garib, kissed the art before him, and wished him glory and lasting life. Quoth he to them, What made you leave fighting? And quoth they, O my lord, thou didst affright us with the words thou shoutest out at us. Then asked Garib, What calamity do ye worship? And they answered, We worship Wad and Sua and Yaguz, lords of the tribe of Noah. And Garib, we serve none but Allah Almighty, Maker of all things and Provider of all livings. He it is who created the heavens and art, and established the mountains, who made water to well from the stones, and the trees to grow and feed it while beasts in ward. For He is Allah, the One, the All-Powerful Lord. When they heard this, their bosoms broadened to the walls of unity faith, and they said, Verily, this be a Lord high and great, compassionating and compassionate, adding, And what shall we say to become of the Muslims, of those which submit themselves to him? Quoth Karib, Say, There is no God but the God, and Abraham is the friend of God. So the ten, made Varasya's profession of the veritable religion, and Garib said to them, And the sweet savour of all Islam be indeed established in your hearts. Fare ye to your tribe and expound the faith to them. And if they profess, they shall be saved, but if they refuse, we will burn them with fire. So the ten elders returned and expounded all Islam to their people, and set forth to them the path of truth and creed.
and they embraced the fate of submission with heart and tongue. Then they repaired on foot to Garib's tent, and kissing ground between his hands, wished him honour and high rank, saying, O our Lord, we are become thy slaves, so command us with what thou wilt, for we are to thee audient and obedient, and we will never depart from thee, since Allah hath guided us into the right way at thy hands. Replied he, Allah abundantly required you, return to your dwellings and march forth with your good and your children, and forego me to the wedding of blossoms and the castle of Sasa bin Shays, whilst I carry the princess Fakhrathaz, daughter of Sabur, king of the Persians, back to her father, and return to you. Hearkening and obedience, said they, and straightforward returned to the encampment, rejoicing in al-Islam, and expounded a true faith to their wives and children, who became believers. Then they struck their tents and set forth with their good and cattle for the way of blossoms. When they came inside of the castle of Shays, Sadan and his sons sell it forth to them. But Karib had charged them, saying, If the girl of the mountain come out to you, and offer to attack you, do ye call upon the name of Allah, the All-Creator, and he will leave his hostile intent and receive you hospitably. So, when he would have fallen upon them, they called aloud upon the name of Almighty Allah, and straightway he received them kindly and asked them of their case. They told him all that had passed between Karib and themselves, whereupon he rejoiced in them and lodged them with him and loaded them with favours. Such was their case, but as regards Karib, he and his, escorting the princess, fared on five days' journey towards the city of Isbanir, and on the sixth day they saw a dust cloud. So Garib sent one of the Persians to learn the meaning of this, and he went and returned, swiftlier than bird in flight, saying, O my lord, these be a thousand horse of our comrades, whom the king had sent in quest of his daughter, Fakhar Taj. When Garib heard this, he commanded his company to halt and pitch the tents. So they halted and waited till the newcomers reached them. When they went to meet them and told Taman, their captain, that the princess was with them, whereupon he went into Garib, and kissing the ground before him, inquired for her. Karib sent him to her pavilion, and he entered and kissed her hands and feet, and acquainted her with what had befallen her father and mother. She told him in return all that had betided her, and how Karib had delivered her from the girl of the mountain. And Shahrajad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased, saying how permitted say. When it was the six hundred and thirty-third night, she said, It had reached me, O auspicious king, that when the king's daughter, Fakhrataj, had told Tuman all that had befallen her from the mountain girl, and how he had imprisoned her, and would have devoured her but for Garib, adding, And indeed it behoved my sire to give him the half of his reign.
to Manaroj, and returned to Garib, and kissed his hands and feet, and thanked him for his good dealing, saying, With thy leave, O my lord, I'll return to his Banir, and deliver our king the good news of his daughter's approach. Go, replied Garib, and take of him the gift of glad tidings. So Taman returned with all diligence to Isbanir, the cities, and entering the palace, kissed crown before the king, who said to him, What is there of new, O bringer of good news? Quoth Taman, I will not speak thee, till thou give me the gift of glad tidings. Quoth the king, Tell me thy glad tidings, and I will content thee. So Taman said, O king, I bring thee joyful intelligence of the return of Princess Fakhartaj. When Sabur heard his daughter's name, he fell down fainting, and they sprinkled rose water on him, till he recovered and cried to Taman, Draw near to me and tell me all the good which had befallen her. So he came forward and acquainted him with all that had betided the princess, and Sabur bit hand upon hand, saying, Unhappy thou, O Fakhartaj. And he bade gave to man ten thousand gold pieces, and conferred on him the government of Ishfahan's city and its dependencies. Then he cried out to his Amirs, saying, Mount all of you, and fare we forth to meet the princess Fakhartaj. And the chief eunuch went into the queen mother, and told her and all the harim the good news. Whereat she rejoiced and gave him a robe of honour and thousand dinars. Moreover, the people of the city heard of this, and decorated the market streets and houses. Then the king and Taman took horse and rode till they had sight of Garib, when Savur footed it and made some steps towards Garib, who also dismounted and advanced to meet him, and they embraced and saluted each other. And Sabur bent over Garib's hand and kissed it, and thanked him for his favours. They pitched their pavilions in face of each other, and Sabur went into his daughter, who rose, and embracing him, told him all that had befallen her, and how Garib had rescued her from the clutches of the gull of the mountain. Quoth the king, By thy life, O princess of fair ones, I will overwhelm him with gifts. And, quoth she, O my papa, make him thy son-in-law, that he may be to thee a force against thy foes, for he is passing valiant. Her father replied, O my daughter, knowest thou not that King Kirat Shah seeketh thee in marriage, and that he had cast a brocket, and had given an hundred thousand tenors in settlement? and he is king of Shiraj and its dependencies, and is lord of empire and horsemen and footmen. But when the princess heard these words, she said, O my papa, I desire naught that whereof thou speakest, and if thou constrain me to that I have no mind to, I will slay myself. So Sabur left her and went into Garib, who rose to him, and they sat a while together, but the king could not take his fill of looking upon him, and he said in his mind, By Allah, my daughter is excusable if she loved this Badawi. 
Then he called for food, and they ate and passed the night together. On the morrow, they took horse and rode till they arrived at the city of Isbanir and entered stirrup to stirrup, and it was for them a great day. Fakhrtaj repaired to her palace and the abiding place of her rank, where her mother and her women received her with cries of joy and loud lullilowings. As for King Sabur, he sat down on his throne and seated Gharib on his right hand, whilst the princes and chamberlains, the amirs, wazirs, and nabobs stood on either hand and gave him joy of the recovery of his daughter. Said Sabur, Whoso loved me, let him bestow a robe of honour on Gharib. And there fell dresses of honour on him like drops of rain. Then Gharib abode the king's guest ten days, when he would have departed, but Sabur clad him in an honourable robe, and swore him by his fate that he should not march for a whole month. Quoth Gharib, O king, I am plighted to one of the girls of the Arabs, and I desire to go into her. Quoth the king, Whether is the fairer, thy betrothed, or Fakhrtaj? O king of the age, replied Gharib, what is the slave beside the lord? And Sabur said, Fakhrtaj is become thy handmaid, for that thou didst rescue her from the paunches of the girl, and she shall have none other husband than thyself. Thereupon Gharib rose and kissed ground, saying, O king of the age, thou art a sovereign, and I am but a poor man, and belike thou wilt ask a heavy dowry. Replied the king, O my son, know that Kirat Shah, lord of Shiraj and dependencies thereof, seeketh her in marriage, and hath appointed an hundred thousand dinars to her dower. But I have chosen thee before all men, that I may make thee the sword of my kingship, and my shield against vengeance. Then he turned to his chief officers and said to them, Bear witness against me, O lords of mine empire, that I marry my daughter Fakhrtaj to my son Gharib. And Shahrajad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the six hundred and thirty-fourth night, she continued, it hath reached me, auspicious king, that Sabur, king of Ajamland, said to his chief officers, Bear a witness against me that I marry my daughter Fakhrtaj to my son Karib. With that he joined palms with him, and she became his wife. Then said Karib, Appoint me a dower, and I will bring it to thee, for I have in the castle of Sasa wealth and treasures beyond count replied Sabur, O my son, I want of thee neither treasure nor wealth, and I will take nothing for her dower, save the hate of Jamakhan king of dust, and the city of Avaj. Quoth Karib, O king of the age, I will fetch my folk forthright, and go to thy foe and spoil his realm. Quoth Sabur, Allah required thee with good, and dismissed the lords and commons, thinking, if Gharib go forth against Jamar Khan, he will never more return.
When morning morrowed, the king mounted with Karib, and bidding all his troops take horse rode forth to the plain, where he said to his men, Do ye tilt its pears and gladden my heart. So the champions of Persia land pled one against other, and Karib said, O king of the age, I have a mind to tilt with the horsemen of Ajam land, but on one condition. Asked the king, What is that? And answered Garib, It is that I shall don a light tunic, and take a headless lance, with a pannon dipped in saffron, whilst the Persian champions sally fought and tilt against me with sharp spears. If any conquer me, I will render myself to him. But if I conquer him, I will mark him on the breast, and he shall leave the plain. Then the king cried to the commander of the troops to bring forward the champions of the Persians. So he chose out from amongst the princes one thousand two hundred of his stoutest champions. And the king said to them, in the Persian tongue, Whoso slept this Badavi may ask of me what he will. So they strove with one another for precedence, and charged down upon Garib, and truth was distinguished from falsehood, and jest from honest. Quote Garib, I put my trust in Allah, the God of Abraham, the friend, the deity, who had power over all, and from whom naught is hidden, the one, the Almighty, whom the sight comprehended not. Then an Amalekite-like giant of the Persian champions rushed out to him. But Garib let him not stand long before him, ere he marked him and covered his breast with saffron. And as he turned away, he smote him on the nap of the shaft of his lance, and he fell to the ground, and his pages bore him from the lists. Then a second champion came forth against him, and he overcame him, and marked him on the breast, and thus did he with a third, and a fourth, and a fifth. And there came out against him champion of the champion, till he had overcome them all, and marked them on the breast. For Almighty Allah gave him the victory over them, and they fared forth vanquished from the plain. Then the servants set food and strong wine before them, and they ate and drank, till Garib's wits were dazed by the drink. By and by he went out to obey a call of nature, and would have returned, but lost his way and entered the palace of Fakhartaj. When she saw him, her reason fled, and she cried out to her women, saying, Go forth from me to your own places. So they withdrew, and she rose and kissed Garib's hand, saying, Welcome to my lord, who delivered me from the girl. Indeed, I am thine handmaid for ever and ever. Then she drew him to her bed and embraced him, whereupon desire was hot upon him, and he broke her seal, and lay with her till the morning. Meanwhile the king thought that he had departed, but on the morrow he went into him, and Sabu rose to him, and made him sit by his side. Then entered the tributary kings, and kissing the ground, stood ranged in rows on the right and left, and fell to talking of Garif's valour, and saying, Extolled be he, who gave him such prowess, albeit he so young in years. As they were thus engaged, 
behold, all espied from the palace windows, the dust of horse approaching, and the king cried out to his scouts, saying, Woe to you! Go and bring me news of yonder dust. So a cavalier took horse and riding off, returned after a while, and said, O king, we found under that dust an hundred horse belonging to an Amir, Haiz Sahim al-Lail. Karib, hearing these words, cried out, O my lord, this is my brother, whom I had sent on an errand, and I will go forth to meet him. So saying, he mounted, with his hundred men of the Banu Khatan, and a thousand Persians, and rode to meet his brother in great state. But greatness belongeth to God alone. When the two came up with each other, they dismounted and embraced, and Gharib said to Sahim, O my brother, hast thou brought our tribe to the castle of Sasa, and the wadi of blossoms? O my brother, replied Sahim, when the perfidious dog Martha's heard that thou hadst made thee master of the stronghold belonging to the mountain girl, he was sore chagrined and said, Except I march hands, Karib will come and carry off my daughter Mardia without dower. So he took his daughter and his goods and set out with his tribe for the land of Iraq, where he entered the city of Kufa and put himself under the protection of King Azib seeking to give him his daughter to wife. When Karif heard his brother's story, he well nigh gave up the ghost for rage, and said, By the virtue of the fate of Al-Islam, the fate of Abraham the friend, and by the Supreme Lord, I will assuredly go to the land of Iraq, and fierce war upon it I will set on foot. Then they returned to the city, and going into the king, kissed ground before him, he rose to Gharib and saluted Sahim, after which the elder brother told him what had happened, and he put ten captains at his commandment, under each one's hand ten thousand horse of the duftiest of the Arabs and the Ajams, who equipped themselves and were ready to depart in three days. Then Gharib set out and journeyed till he reached the castle of Sasa, whence the girl and his sons came forth to meet him and dismounting, kissed his feet in the stirrups. He told them all that had passed, and the giant said, O my lord, do thou abide in this thy castle, whilst I with my sons and servants repair to Iraq, and lay west the city Al-Rustak, and bring to thy hand all its defenders bound in straightest bond. But Gharib thanked him and said, O Sadan, we will all go. So he made him ready, and the whole body set out for Iraq, leaving a thousand horse to guard the castle. Thus far concerning them, but as regards Mardis, he arrived with his tribe in the land of Iraq, bringing with him a handsome present, and fared for Kufa city, which he entered. Then he presented himself before Ajib, and kissed the crown between his hands, and, after washing what is wished to kings, said, O my lord, I come to place myself under thy protection. And Shahrajad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of 
Section 35